It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A position group I thought was going to be less needed in the transfer portal has been addressed twice already by BYU. What does it mean that BYU added another former Weber State Wildcat? Let's talk about Jake Eichhorn. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Our title sponsor on today's show is our friends over at FanDuel. This episode of Locked On Cougars is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more with our friends at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, once again, thank you for checking out the show. Whether you're watching this and or listening to it, thank you for the support. As always, hope you guys had a fantastic weekend and Sunday. Yet again, for the second uh, second straight week, BYU football gets some good news in the transfer portal. That coming by way of former Weber State Wildcat Jake Acorn, who has announced that he will be a member of the BYU football program. He's an offensive lineman, 6'6", 285 pounds, according to what I read on the Weber State official roster. And a guy that is not a a household name, as I should say that, is a guy who is one at a high level. And he did it in the high school ranks, playing for the Beaver Beavers. Beaver High School down there. If you've driven I-15 any direction uh, between St. George and the Wasatch Front, you have passed Beaver. A number of you know it uh, for its uh, gigantic, uh, what do they call that? The, 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 what am I thinking of? The... Oh, the gigantic chair, the, the rocking chair that sits outside of their Chevron there. But nonetheless, Beaver has got a huge huge following when it comes to their football program. They're a 2A and a 1A power, traditionally, have been very, very good. And Acorn was a guy that came out of Beaver, had all the measurables. I remember in high school, it was guys like kind of the antithesis of a lot of small school football guys. Six foot five, 250 some odd pounds, did not have much recruiting attention and ended up going to Weber State over some other low-level offers for college. Spent a year redshirting, developing his body up there in Ogden, but this past season for Weber State in Jay Hill started all 12 games, became one of the one of the best players that B, that, that not BYU BYU is going to get him, but one of the best players that Weber State had had on their offensive line. Decided to enter the transfer portal to see what options were out there for him, and as such. He's decided to join his former head coach in Provo wearing blue and playing for the BYU Cougars. What I love about this is this is a guy who, like I said, did not have a ton of attention coming out of high school. He's not the high-level prospect that uh, kind of slipped through the gaps. No, he's a low-level uh, in terms of low low 1A, 2A football in Utah high school football, but proved that, hey, you can still find quality players at that level. The nice part about this, he had other offers out there on the recruiting front via the transfer portal. He reported offers from San Diego State, Utah State, Washington State, Nevada, uh, Wyoming, and some other FCS programs, but decided that BYU is where he wants to be, and I think this is actually a very nice pickup for BYU's offensive line, most notably because, as I said, as I said in the open, I didn't think BYU was going to be paying as much attention to the offensive line in the transfer portal period that's ongoing right now as they have so far. 
They've picked up two guys, obviously, last week, Caleb Etienne from uh, from uh, Oklahoma State picking BYU uh, via his connection with Braden Kearsley, who is now a graduate assistant slash offensive analyst for the BYU football program. And then this one, obviously, coming by way of the relationship that Jake Acorn had with uh, Jay Hill. And I, I think this is actually a very nice pickup in the fact that he brings quality depth at minimum. Now, some of you out there on social media would say, well, he's an FCS guy, and why, why would you take him to the Power 5 level? Jay Hill has proven time and time again, folks, that at the we at, at his, during his time at Weber State, he has found Division One high-caliber football players. Eddie Heckard is just the latest example of that, who transferred to BYU earlier on in the offseason, was a standout during spring ball. I think that Jake Acorn, and hopefully I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I, I thought it was Icorn, but reading up on it, somebody said it was Acorn, but nonetheless, nonetheless, I'm hoping that he's able to go out and show what he's capable of doing. He will compete for playing time right away. He is a scholarship player, as I understand it, and will be a guy that BYU factors in to their offensive line battle this fall going into their first year of the Big 12 Conference. So I expect him to come in and unseat a guy the caliber of a Waylon Lapuaho or an Ian Fitzgerald or a Connor Pay. I don't think so. I think he comes in and will compete for playing time, probably as a quality depth piece this year on the end interior of BYU's offensive line, despite having played tackle up at Weber State. I think he's like Ian Fitzgerald, who came from Missouri State, a fellow FCS uh, athlete, making the jump to the Power Five, where they may have played tackle at the FCS level, but due to their skill set, they're better suited to play on the interior of the offensive line at the Power Five level. And this is what a guy like Acorn is going to bring to BYU, is that ability to slot inside and at least be a high-quality backup for at least his first year in the program. Now, he's not a guy who's a one-year rental. He's got three years of eligibility remaining, so he is going to come in and compete for playing time, and maybe this first year, he doesn't start. Maybe he's a part-time starter or see some spot duty for BYU along the offensive front in 2023, but in 2024 and 2025, in theory, he could end up starting for BYU, could in theory be their right guard, opposite a guy like Waylon Lapuahu, who played left guard most of spring ball, a fellow transfer himself from the G5 ranks coming into BYU. So, like I said, I didn't expect BYU to address the offensive line as heavily as they have in the transfer portal, but they have found two guys who've got starter caliber, starting caliber uh, characteristics. Obviously, Caleb Etienne having started all uh, 13 games last year for Oklahoma State. He factors probably as a starter right away for BYU, and then in the case of a guy like Jake Acorn, he comes in, probably has to compete for playing time, and then maybe a year from now, he ends up being a starter for the Cougars along the offensive front. But uh, In terms of the offensive line, being a strength for BYU, it has become that. I, I absolutely think this offensive line is elite, and I think it is going to be a very, very good offensive front for BYU, protecting a guy like Keaton Slovis. Uh, all the stories about him this past weekend were talking about how he's really enjoying his time in Provo. He told the media uh, that during, uh, so a week ago from last Friday, uh, talking with the media, he said that the one thing that really attracted me to BYU was the fact that they protect their quarterbacks. Well, having an offensive line, the caliber that BYU has right now, is going to absolutely give him that extra protection he's looking looking for as a quarterback. The other thing about this is uh, doing our stock up and stock down. We'll just do this on the offensive line right now. Going into spring ball, I thought BYU done a great job addressing some of the holes and the deficiencies along their offensive front in the winter transfer portal period. And now with this, these two additions, Caleb Etienne and now Jake Acorn, I think that the stock is absolutely up. It may be the most up of all of the position groups for BYU of 
what I thought going into spring ball and now what I think having watched spring ball as well as the transfer portal additions they have had. The stock is flying uh, for BYU's offensive line. Now they have to go out and gel as a unit during training camp coming up in August and go out there and prove it on the football field this fall. But on paper, this may be the deepest BYU offensive line in recent memory. And I've said that a couple of times on this podcast, and I, I believe it. I've said I thought the offensive line two years ago was maybe BYU's most talented offensive front that I could remember in my time covering the Cougars. This unit on paper, I think, outclasses that offensive line. Now, it's got to go out and prove it, like I said, but there is a ton to like about this offensive line. The hope is they can find the right combination of five guys that can get there on the football field, and the even better part is the second five, the, the backups at each one of these positions, probably have a shout to start for BYU in certain circumstances. So you've got elite depth along this offensive front, and it's going to be fun to see them go out there and, and perfect their craft during training camp in August, and hopefully it'll yield a more devastating run game for BYU in this Big 12 era. One thing I think BYU should rely on is, yes, they're going to attack downfield with their wide receivers. They obviously like to do that in the offense that Aaron Roderick likes to run, but he also likes to have an offensive line that can open up huge holes and allow running backs to run wild, and that's what a guy like Aiden Robbins, Hinkley Ropati, Miles Davis on down the list of running back, they got to be licking their chops thinking of how good this offensive line could potentially be in front of them and giving them that opportunity to really go out and carve up opposing defenses. I, I really think the stock is up on this offensive line, and we're going to catch up here momentarily with a guy who's going to play a key role along that offensive front, albeit I'm not sure what position he's ultimately going to play. That would be Connor Pay. Had a great conversation with him. I originally did not plan to play this interview until midweek, but when the offensive line continues to make headlines when it comes to the transfer portal, well, you know what? We'll just play the interview that I did with him. So it's been uh, two weeks ago, Friday. Great chat with this guy. Uh, if Paul Miley doesn't beat him out at center, uh, he probably is going to be BYU starting center this fall. And very easily could also see uh, him playing either guard spot, speaking of Connor Pay, but he'll obviously have a battle with guys like Jake Acorn competing with him, Ian Fitzgerald, Waylon Lapuaho. There's a ton of talent along this offensive front. And a guy like Connor Pay has got a big role to play and a big role to feel for BYU as now one of the veteran guys on this offensive front. What does he hope to do? What does he hope to accomplish? in his time remaining as a Cougar. We'll let you hear from him coming up in just a moment. First, a word on our friends over at FanDuel, my friends. Of course, it's baseball season. Grand slams, no hitters, double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on all the MLB action than with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. You heard that right. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you do not win. The best part is you can place bets on anything, individual players, individual games, season-long trends. What do you expect a guy to do in a, in a certain circumstance? Live betting, it's all available to you from our friends over at FanDuel. So do not miss out on your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 back when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up now. Once again, that's FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special is here, and it's bigger than ever, my friends. Follow along with all 32 teams' first pick in a six-episode Ultimate Mock Draft experience that only the Locked On Podcast Network can provide. All episodes are available now on the Locked On NFL Draft channel on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, I would encourage you guys to check it out. I had a small role to play in this one, uh, talking about Blake Freeland because he's pretty highly thought of. And if you want to get uh, the idea of where he might be take, uh, might be being taken later this week in the NFL draft, well, check out that mock draft special. It's a really, really fun exercise that we do every single year right here on the network. All right, time now, as I promised, to let you guys hear from Connor Pay. Had a great chat with him. He is probably going to be a team captain this year. I would fully expect him to have that captain C on his jersey, representing BYU's offensive line. Only other guy I could uh, factor into that conversation, in my mind, would be a guy potentially like uh, Kingsley Suomataia, but Connor has been so outspoken, a fantastic player. Essentially, since he hit the field for BYU, he's been almost irreplaceable for BYU's offensive line. He offers so much value in terms of just being a veteran voice, a leader, uh, both vocally and just by action and um, how he operates as a player. So without further ado, I had a great one-on-one conversation with him just about a week ago here, and we'll let you hear that conversation right now, right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Spring ball's obviously in the books now. Uh, what do you feel like the offensive line, I guess, accomplished the most during spring? Um, I think in terms of of the most that we accomplished this spring is probably continuity. Okay. Um, and in the sense of getting to see live looks, it's it's one thing for some of these younger guys who really haven't gotten a lot of real reps mm-hmm. to take yeah. a play on paper mm-hmm. or off the whiteboard and go and do it for real. And so I think there's been a little bit of a learning curve with that, but I think it was a really good chance for some young guys, because we're young and we're sure. inexperienced. Yeah. Um, for them to get on the field and have to do things they've been taught for real for the first time. And so it was a really it was really cool to see some of the guys. I mean, at the beginning it was a little rough, right? But um, to see them kind of progress throughout the spring and us as a whole unit kind of grow together because every O-line is different every season, you know? And so it's been pretty fun to watch that happen. Now, you mentioned that you guys are young. Mm-hmm. This offensive line had so much continuity for like three years, it felt like. And you were part of yeah. that crew. Yeah. How different has, been, has that been for you personally? It's been a lot different because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, before it was more, you know, I know mm-hmm. that the four guys next to me are thinking exactly the same thing. I think it because we had played together so much. Yeah. Right. They knew the calls I was going to make. Yeah. That type of thing where that's not as much the case anymore, mm-hmm. where it's some young guys who haven't seen some th- certain things before. And I may call something a certain way and they may not fully understand why, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so kind of, you know, kind of learning helped. So like they asked me, well, why would you do this? Oh, because of this, this and this. And mm-hmm. I think it's been really good to, um, you know, give them a chance to learn and kind of take on more of a teaching role for me. Because I, um, I feel like I'm a little bit at the point now where <clears throat> I know the playbook like the back of my hand. And sure. I'm hopefully going to just branch out with that and get into formations, routes, all that stuff. Because all of that plays into how the defense is going to play us. And so I want to be able to see things pre-snap faster, that kind of stuff. And so it's been kind of fun to, you know, have a younger group and help bring them along so to speak, and the same way the old guys did it for me back then. 
Now, obviously, you're now one of the veteran guys in this unit. How yeah. much, I guess, leadership from, I guess, from Coach Funk, from Coach Satake, how much have they put on your shoulders? A, a lot. Okay. I think in the, um, but we have great leaders in our O-line room. Mm-hmm. You know, but, I mean, obviously it's no secret that I've been here. Not the longest, but I have the most experience, sure. the most starts, that kind of stuff. And so you kind of naturally become a leader from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, I just want to be great. And, yeah. you know, so I'm, try- I'm trying to lead in a way that will help us just be the best offensive line we can be for the team at the end of the day. And so, you know, there's, there's a lot of time where, you know, if something's going on with the O-line, Coach Falco Kalani will just look at me and be like, what are you going to do? Like, okay. Handle it. And, you know, also, Paul Miley has played a lot of football, too. He brings a lot of really great leadership qualities to the room. Braden's been here a long time, too. And so, you know, it's been it's been, uh, it's been been good because, you know, you learn a lot as a leader. There's different personalities. People handle things differently. They take criticism differently. And so being able to kind of learn how to balance that and stuff has been kind of fun. Now, Obviously, as you guys are ready to go in the Big 12 here, how excited are you to be a part of the first team that's going to be in the Big 12 conference? Oh, so excited. <laughs> so excited. I mean, that's that's what you want to be in college football. You want to be a part of the Power Five, playing the best teams in the country. I couldn't be more excited about that. Now, to get ready for that, what do you feel like you need to accomplish the most this summer? Well, I think there's a lot of things, but I think I'll do another self-scout okay. once the spring ends yeah. and formulate a plan for the summer. Obviously, we just finished, so I haven't done that yet. I'll sit down with uh, Coach Paula mm-hmm. and have talk through some things with him and be like, I, I kind of asked him to scout me a little bit. Okay. And just be like, hey, what do you see? If you were, if I was an opposing O-lineman, how would you attack me? Yeah. Type of thing. Because he, he's a nose tackle from the NFL yeah, level. Yeah. Played a long time. Yeah. He knows how to scout guys. And, yeah. and even some of our other D-linemen, mm-hmm. I'll be like, hey, will you guys scout me a little bit? Okay. Just so I can identify all the weaknesses in my game and kind of formulate a plan for the summer. Now, when it comes to this level of football, you've played with some really good quarterbacks. I remember yeah. you were the starting center in the 2020 bowl game, snapping mm-hmm. to Zach Wilson. You've played with Jared now. You were essentially his center the, almost the entirety of his time as a starting quarterback. Yep. And now Keaton Slovis takes over that position. Yeah. What excites you the most about having him under center? Well, I mean, his experience, for one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's played in very similar systems at yeah. USC, so he's able to pick it up really fast. And, you know, actually – me and Cody Epps hosted him on his visit okay. and stuff, and now we live together. Oh, I didn't know that. So okay. he's one of my roommates <laughs> now, and so it's uh, it's I'm I'm really excited he's here just because he's played at that level of football before. Mm-hmm. Went from the Pac-12 to the ACC, yeah. and he's done it before. He knows what it takes for a team to compete at a high level. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's littered all over the record books at USC. People sure. sometimes forget that because of his injury and then Jackson Dart coming in and him transferring. People sometimes forget how well he played at USC and how good of a quarterback he is. And so I, I think that's been one of the most exciting parts is just like you, I have a guy back there who I know has done this before. It was a pretty seamless transition. We're on the same page with most things, and we'll continue to grow with the things we haven't been on the same mm-hmm. page with. And so, but because he's experienced and so am I, it's easy to do it. Center quarterback relationship is a symbiotic one, but living together, that's got to help that out quite a bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it makes things a little bit easier, you know, in terms of film study and stuff like that. You know, we haven't had to do it a ton yet, but I'm sure, you know, as we get into game prep and stuff, mm-hmm. like, 
I love football and I digest it all the time. Like I, I don't, I can't get away from it. You know, I'm in this building for so long, every single day. And even when I go home, I'll be like getting bored and whip out my iPad and start watching film again. So okay. I'm sure we'll be able to do a lot together, same way Jaron and I did before this and prepping for games. I'm just going to insert this. You sound like the son of a coach, and that's funny because your dad is a coach who's yeah. one of the best offensive line coaches I've ever seen. So that's just personal. Don't tell opinion. him that. I, I, I've told him before. So I just, I, just but that, it screams to me that you grew up with that just being your life. That's just yeah. part of your gig. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think – Having my dad play here mm-hmm. and playing in the NFL, yeah. like he's, there's an understanding of the game of football mm-hmm. that I think because there's there's very few. And he was only my high school coach for one year. Okay, but he was my little league coach all growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, then my sophomore, junior year, I had a different O line coach. Then they asked him to come help my senior year, and you know, just from a scheme perspective and overall, there's, I mean, we have some nuances here in the way we run certain schemes. But there's not really a scheme that we've run here or that I've seen in the NFL that I don't know about or understand in some way. Obviously, I can learn more about it. Sure. But I know the general idea about almost all of them. And I think, you know, James was similar in that way. Mm-hmm. His dad was a coach yep, as well. Mike, and so, yeah. <laughs> That's I don't know. Awesome. I guess it's kind of just always been around it. <laughs> Part of the blood, right? Yeah. Oh, hey, Connor, thank you so much for some yeah. time. Thanks. There you go, Connor Pafe, BYU offensive lineman. Like I said, I expect him to be a captain. Really enjoy talking with him. He's got one of those voices, man, that is just so iconic uh, for some of these BYU football players. And I fully expect, like I said, if Paul Miley is going to be BYU starting center, I would fully expect a guy like Connor Pay to be starting at either guard spot for BYU. But that's not to say that Paul Miley is a sure bet to beat out Connor Pay at center for BYU. I think Connor is a fantastic offensive lineman, has capability of playing up and down the offensive front. I think he's even capable of playing tackle in a pinch if it were needed, but the nice part is BYU has developed such quality depth and recruited it both from the high school ranks and in the transfer portal. We just talked about with Jake Acorn as well as uh, uh, Caleb Etienne most recently. He is going to have an opportunity to slot in where he is most effective for BYU's offensive line. I fully expect him to enjoy another great season in a BYU uniform. Does he ultimately decide that this is his final year in a BYU uniform? Only time will tell, but it would not surprise me if he decides to uh, chase his NFL fortunes after the season if everything goes according to plan, but only time will tell on that front, and it's a big opportunity, a big stage for him uh, to go up against a Power 5 level competition facing off against the Big 12 and BYU's first foray into the Power 5 ranks, but I really enjoyed talking with Connor. He's one of my favorite dudes, and uh, the best part is the Pay family. It's had a pretty good legacy. His younger brother Trevor is going to be a member of the BYU football program coming up here, and I think he's a year out on an LDS mission, but there's another Pay. Austin Pay, who may, according to Connor and talking with him, uh, keep an eye on Austin Pay. He plays at Lone Peak High School up there in uh, the Lone Peak area, Alpine Highland area. I've called some of these games, watched Austin Pay play. He is a tackle of, of, of a fantastic uh, just length and height and wide. He's like 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and he's only a sophomore in high school. He's already got great size, like 260, 270 pounds. The Pay family, man, they know how to develop offensive linemen, and I think it's going to continue to pay dividends for BYU moving down the road here. But obviously a guy like Connor Pay, a big thank you to him for taking the time to join us right here 
on the podcast. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll catch up on all the other news out there in BYU sports, uh, a number of things. Uh, we have two guys leaving the BYU football program via the transfer portal on the defensive line, a star BYU women's basketball player reportedly entering the transfer portal herself, and obviously some of the other results from BYU sports over the weekend, including men's golf, as well as BYU baseball. We'll get to all of that here momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or you're ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. And the best part is they have many communities, home designs, and price points to help meet your needs, my friends. They have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties along the Wasatch Front. But if you want to get down to the southern part of the state, the Red Rock area, they've got multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes to fit your needs. They even have quick move-in homes available if you're ready to move right now. And they're also offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender right now as well. So get on it. Visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. Uh, make sure to mention that Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you when you stop by in that comment box. But nonetheless, for 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and making us your first listen of the day. Uh, for those of you uh, who are uh, waiting to hear me talk about Bronco Mendenhall's departure from BYU, that infamous bowl game against Utah, due to some of the news that came out on Sunday, we're going to push that to tomorrow. So thank you for being an everydayer right here on the podcast and checking out on a daily basis. I cannot uh, thank you guys enough. It's absolutely phenomenal, uh, the interaction that we get on the podcast, both on YouTube and via our regular podcast feeds. But uh, we're going to push that to tomorrow just some of the other news out there. So stay tuned for that uh, for those of you who are everydayers, and hopefully that's every one of you. All right, on the other news uh, real quick, though, BYU uh, loses two defensive linemen to the transfer portal, according to reports. Uh, Brooks Miley, highly thought of three-star prospect originally from Pineview High School, has entered the transfer portal with four years of eligibility remaining. A guy who has had a lot of promise coming out of the Pineview area down there in St. George. I was excited to see him take the field. Had a shoulder injury that cost him the entirety of last season. He actually, as far as I'm aware, did not enroll and gray-shirted for BYU last year, uh, but he committed over six years ago to BYU, served a mission, dealt with injury, and now he'll look for a, a new opportunity at another program. Wish him nothing but the best. The other one uh, that jumped, jumped in the portal as well, that fresh uh, BYU freshman defensive tackle Mac Aloisio has also announced that he's going into the transfer portal. Uh, that one I saw came from 24-7 Sports. Of course, Jeff Hansen and the crew over at Cougar Sports Insider doing great work. Uh, Mac was a guy who also signed with BYU back in 2019. Oh, excuse me, committed to BYU in 2019. Signed as part of the 2020 recruiting class, served a mission, and had spent his first spring here. Uh, at BYU, but he will have essentially all eligibility. Five years to play four at his new university. Uh, Mac is a huge, huge dude, just in terms of body, frame, 
size weight. He's just a gigantic human being, and I think that uh, there will be some programs who will be interested in either one of those players. I think both of them are capable of contributing at the Division One level. BYU would not have recruited them if they didn't think that. I actually thought personally that Brooks Miley was going to be one of the uh, kind of breakout stars a year ago for BYU on their defensive front, but that shoulder injury uh, knocked him out and decided I'm, I need to chase my fortunes elsewhere, and you wish him nothing but the best. So uh, both Mac Aloisio as well as Brooks Miley moving on with their playing career. But that's not the biggest news in the transfer portal front uh, outside of Jake Acorn. It's that BYU women's basketball star Lauren Gustin has reportedly entered the transfer portal. The double-double machine, I think it was four times last year, had 20-20 games. He was the nation's leading rebounder a year ago in women's basketball. She was the former uh, Miss Basketball uh, by the Deseret News in her high school day. Started her career originally at Idaho before transferring to BYU. Was the Defensive Player of the Year in the West Coast Conference this past year. Uh, as I understand it, she's going to be graduating here soon and has decided that she's got one year, one more year of eligibility and wants to try something different, and you wish her nothing but the best. This is a huge loss for BYU women's basketball. I, there's no doubt about this. She, she would have been uh, a focal point, obviously, as she has been over the past two years for BYU women's basketball obviously would have been a big big help to them in their first year in the Big 12 Conference but as it stands Amber Whiting BYU women's basketball coach will have to fill the void there like like I said you don't replace the nation's leading rebounder very easily and uh, she still could change her mind any of these players with the transfer portal they could uh, pull their name back out of the portal and return to their program and I would assume that coach Whiting would welcome Lauren back with open arms but at this point it sounds like she's probably just looking for something else she wants to try something new maybe there's an NIL opportunity out there for her at another program, whatever it might be. You wish her nothing but the best. She uh, she put her heart and soul into this women's basketball program. There's no doubt about what Lauren Gustin did for BYU women's basketball, and I, for one, will uh, miss watching her absolutely just be an absolute beast animal. I know that's a, it's an inappropriate term, it, it feels like, but she was just so dominant on in the paint for BYU women's basketball. It's going to leave, I think, a pretty sizable hole for BYU to fill, and obviously they've got a pretty highly thought of recruiting class coming in, but I don't think any of them can match the production that she brought, averaging 16 points a game, double uh, figures in rebounds. That's, that, man... That's a loss for BYU women's basketball. And obviously, regardless, wish uh, Lauren nothing but the best as she moves forward here and finds what her next opportunity is going to be. All right, final notes before we go on today's show. I include uh, congratulations to the BYU men's golf program. Uh, They won the uh, annual Ping Cougar Classic out at Riverside Country Club. BYU playing on their home turf, uh, one of their home courses. They also call Fox Hollow up in uh, the Tri-Cities area uh, home as well. But they shot 40 under to take home the team championship at the 58th annual Pink Cougar Classic. Uh, Boise State's Max Charles set the 54-hole scoring record, though, with a score of 19 under to win the individual honor. So congratulations to BYU Men's Golf on the win there. Uh, By the way, if any BYU Men's Golf aficionados are uh, paying attention, they have got some of the best hats and swag for the BYU men's golf program that outdoes almost anything that any other program at BYU does. They've got great logos, great gear, and I, for one, am very jealous of some of the gear that they've got. BYU uh, ranked number 44 in the country going into that tournament. Uh, figures to move up in the national rankings as well. But a good showing for BYU men's golf uh, with that win. Uh, UVU actually uh, finished second at 32 under uh, par, 11 strokes clear of Cal State Northridge, who finished 21 under. So BYU, they just 
lap the field. Third place was near 19 strokes behind you as a team. That's called home course dominance for BYU uh, men's golf, but also BYU baseball. Congratulations on them. Got their first series sweep of the season, as I, if I recall correctly. Uh, BYU senior third baseman Austin Deming went 5-for-5 five five with two home runs, one of those a grand slam, as BYU beat UNC Greensboro to complete the sweep on Saturday, 13-11. to 11. Uh, BYU inching ever closer to 500. They're now 17-21 and 21 on the season. They will return to West Coast Conference play with a three-game series at home against Portland. Weather's supposed to be very, very good this coming weekend. So if you want to get out to Miller Park, uh, the 27th, 28th, and 29th, we'll be taking on the pilots out there at Miller Park. It's one of the most, more more picturesque backdrops in, in baseball across the country. I would say it's the best, but that's just – I'm. I'm a homer. You guys know that. But nonetheless, it'd be it's good to see BYU baseball uh, having a good weekend, and hopefully they can keep those good vibes going as they rejoin West Coast Conference play coming up later this week. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. A big thank you once again for making us your first listen today. Hope you guys are all doing fantastic. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, we continue our look at each one of these position groups coming out of spring ball. Stock up, stock down. If I have a player interview that relates to that, we'll get to that. Um, let's see, we talked offensive line today. Why don't we talk about the defensive line that'd be kind of fun to do uh, we'll see if that if, if and by the way if news changes we will obviously adjust but hey we'll also talk about the fin- final few weeks of the bronco mendenhall run at byu in 2015 is our look back at all 155 games for byu uh changing of the guard let's put it that way and we'll talk about all of that on tomorrow's show so until then have a great rest of your day everybody hope you all are doing well this has been the locked on cougars podcast see ya NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.